0: Welcome to the Breaking the Glass show with T.Q. Senkungu. Together we'll dig inside the success stories of people of color and share those stories to inspire you. Then we'll break down their path to show you what they did so you can learn from their wisdom and follow in their footsteps. Welcome to episode 18 of Breaking the Glass with T.Q. Senkungu. I'm your host, T.Q. And today is a different episode. It's just an episode where I am going to talk to you about my thoughts on Black Panther the movie. Now, I know there's a lot of commentary, a lot of movies, a lot of videos out there, but I just thought I wanted to give my take on my experience of the movie and some things that I thought about it. I hope to bring a little bit something to you. A little experimental thing I'm going to do here, Um, and I also want to get a little bit personal and let you know that my family and I, we have made a move from LA to Texas, as I've mentioned before, and we just bought a home here. And uh, it's an awesome thing because being near my parents afforded us some opportunities to have some child care, which allows me and the wife to go out on dates. And actually, the night the Black Panther movie came out, I thought, man, since we have this child care, uh, why don't we maybe go try to see it? Now, we had already planned on that weekend, uh, the weekend of the 17th is actually my wife's birthday weekend, and we plan on flying back out to L.A. to see some friends of ours get married. And we had set up a deal to go with some friends to see Black Panther that night. So we were going to see it over that weekend, but I just wanted to see the movie so bad. I had watched a bunch of commentary and uh, a lot of information about the movie. And I thought, you know what? It'd be real cool if we went out to see it tonight. But I thought deciding the same day to see a movie so popular could be a little bit challenging. No sooner had I thought that than a friend from childhood who I grew up with, uh, Ramirez Barnett, hit me up on Facebook Messenger and said, hey, man, have you moved to Allen yet? Because I got two extra tickets to Black Panther. And I thought, this is it. Prayers answered. You know, my parents took care of the kids. Me and the wife got cracking and got up to the movies to go check the movie out for the first time. And we loved it. Um, We still actually that weekend went out to L.A. and saw it again on Saturday that evening after a surprise birthday I had for my wife that weekend. So I was really happy. She had the surprise birthday party. She cried when we were there. So it was a surprise to her and it was mission accomplished for me. Um, and then that night, we got to go see the Black Panther, where it was Uganda and Wakanda together forever. You see, I'm from Uganda. So I have a special uh, uh, affinity towards this movie um, being a movie about an African country. If you haven't seen the movie at this point, I can't even call it, man. I don't know. you like one of 17 people who haven't seen it because the movie's made so much money. I think it's the last time I checked, it was over $920 million worldwide, quickly approaching a billion dollars. So if you have not seen it yet, uh, you should go see it. If you care about spoilers, there will be plenty of spoilers in this episode. So stop now and listen to this after you've already seen the movie. I'll give you uh, one second to do that. And time's up. So let's get into the episode. First of all, just from a business perspective, because this podcast is a business podcast, normally we hear about Breaking the Glass Show with TQ, which is, I talk about and interview people of color who've succeeded well, and we try to show that their success so people of color can follow in their footsteps and achieve the same success along the way after they've been inspired by the stories that they hear. And um, this, I think, the story of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a good story. Um, you should Google it. And the, the long and the short of it is they were bankrupt, bet bad on comic books being really successful, and CD-ROMs, they, they got them going too late to be effective. And on the they went through bankruptcy and made a big bet on Iron Man. And once they made that movie, they got a loan from Merrill Lynch to make a bunch of other movies Um, that would end up in the the Avengers movies, which we all know the history from there. They made billions and billions and billions of dollars. Sold the company to Disney for uh, something like four or $5 billion. And, um, and it's from there that Disney and Marvel together made this movie, Black Panther. So check the story out. It's a great business story. But for me, this, this is about the Black Panther. And, I've probably watched more videos about the show, like probably three times as many hours worth of video I've watched about the movie as the length of the actual movie, which is about two hours and twenty minutes. And I'm still learning more, understanding more. It's a, it's a great cultural event that's happened, and and it's it's an awesome movie. And and I've seen the movie twice. Um, what did I like about the movie? First of all, I liked, actually, I love the visuals. I mean, the colors. The backdrops, the scenic uh, points of view when they're flying around, and the ships from Wakanda are beautiful. The the stage that's set in, uh, I believe they're in Korea, where they go to try to buy back some of the vibranium when it's being sold. Um, all of it's just very beautiful, cinematically. <clears throat> cinematically, it's very well done, and um, I appreciate that because I, I one of my um, Core values, as well as part of my personal philosophy is just excellence and all we do that's also from the Air Force I adopted as a personal core value and that the movie was done in excellence I believe and and so it just looked beautiful. The colors were so vibrant. I like the colors of the outfits whether they were, and they matched kind of the time and tempo, black whenever it was kind of more somber or serious, more vibrant and colorful when it was celebratory. Um, and and the lighting and things were done very, very well, I think, in the movie. It's also um, a really, really, really good story. There are tons of complex narratives, some of which I'll discuss in more detail, but there were things like isolationism as a country for Wakanda versus and more of an interventional international foreign policy, and Wakanda had chosen to be more isolationist to protect themselves and to, so they thought, save the the world from the destruction that could come from the use of some of the weapons they had. Um, versus being pushed by the character Killmonger, and even Nakia to a certain extent would have would have, would have went to the same thing um, to be more interventionalist and help people where they could. Um, with their foreign policy. There's also the the desperation of the plight of the African diaspora um, and the other countries in Africa as well as African-Americans versus the lack of willingness of the Wakandas to want to help. Um, I think it's a real tricky thing that they decided to say, hey, you know, we know there's trouble out there, uh, but we're going to kind of just stay back here and do our own thing. Uh, there's also, uh, and that narrative was also um, in, in many African countries, once the colonialists left, uh, there were civil wars in many sub-Saharan African countries, there were civil wars that ensued, um, after colonialism. And in many cases, there were tribal conflicts that occurred even before that time. And in the context of the Black Panther, once Killmonger showed up and, pointed a different way forward in terms of helping in a more militant fashion using weapons. The country uh, or people outside of the country, uh, there were sides chosen between those who wanted to uh, remain isolationist and not worry about what's happening outside and those who wanted to, to go outside and help and use the weapons they had to be good in the world. And when there was a conflict, they chose sides and, and, and internal civil war sort of built up and I've seen some commentary that's like, I didn't like the fact that there were these people fighting amongst each other as a country, but I think that happens, you know, like in some countries, there's a, a way in which these things get worked out. And and in uh, Wakanda, it was at a place where they had to figure it out one way or the other. And and the way for beyond that was going to be determined by which of these philosophies went out. And I just love the fact that there are all these complex story narratives that were going on. It was more than just a fantasy movie. While the movie was good, um, while the action was good, it was just more than, than a fantasy. What I also loved is I just love black people. It doesn't mean I hate white people or any other race or I look down on them in any way. You know, some of my best friends are white and Asian and Latino. And I watched a lot of Seinfeld and Friends. So, you know, there you go. Um... And but I just love the display of black culture um the the colors of the clothing the just the the swag, you know the the sense of humor there were some cultural things that in the movie were so black. The movie was so black the the previews, the music was so black the people there were were like that just the attitude it just had this certain vibe that. You may not even know that you're being affected by it, or or it was there, but it was happening. And and I just I just love the fact that it was unapologetically on display by the writers, the directors, the actors who were there. They just were who they were, and 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 didn't apologize for it. And there were you know some some inside jokes that you wouldn't even have fully gotten if if you weren't black. Like uh, when Killmonger, you know, it's finally discovered that he's T'Challa's cousin. Uh, he says to to T'Challa's mother, the queen mother, "Hey, auntie," and that that "Hey, auntie" is just like the timing of it was hilarious. But that's just a thing that our our kids, you know, call their aunt, you know, auntie Kiana. So it's it's like that's just a thing that is so it's so black that I, I just appreciate the unapologetic apologetic uh, uh way that that the culture is displayed. And I think it was done in such a way that is, it, it adds on. It's inspiring. It's not detracting to others. Like it, get, it did it in such a way that it inspired other people to be proud of their culture as well. Chadwick Bozeman told a story about how when he was in Korea... Uh, and they were doing a stop that the Korean people came dressed in their traditional garb to see the Black Panther because it inspired them to have pride in their culture as well. So the way that they pulled it across and the way that they represented blackness, it was done in a way that gave other cultures pride in their culture, as well as still inspiring those of us who, who like those things that are, that are part of black culture to love that and respect that and be uplifted by that as well. Another thing I thought was cool was the character development was awesome. T'Challa, obviously, he went through a lot. I think he was a king caught in between generations and eras, and you could see his growth throughout from being a scared, reluctant king who thought it was too soon to take it in the mantle to then deciding on his own what the direction a country should go, particularly when he learned the history of uh, how Killmonger was created and what happened with his father, with Killmonger's father, By uh, T'Challa's father, T'Chaka, actually murdering him or killing him um, and leaving Killmonger there to kind of survive on his own in America. Um, So his development was awesome, man, where he got to at the end where he's going to help out other countries, I thought was was really cool uh, and played very well, very well uh, in that role as well by Bozeman and uh, Baku. I just, he was so funny to me. Like, he's like one of those guys that is, there's one of those guys in every group, just kind of silly, but has a lot of attitude. uh, And he's super confident. At the same time, he's very honorable. Um, When he fights with T'Challa, it's out of a sense of duty to protect the country, not just pride that he came to fight in the challenge day. And uh, when he, preserves T'Challa's life when he found when he's found in the river, I think it's just an awesome thing as well. And I think that's why his character's so beloved and it created this Mbaku challenge, which I've seen all over the place and is totally hilarious. Um and and I, I just have heard it so many times. It's so funny that I uh you should hear it. I'm gonna play it for you right now if you haven't heard it before. Um this is it and, and it's just a scene from the movie that people all over the internet are doing that is just hilarious to me
1: Mbaku, what are you doing here it's challenge day we have watched from the mountains as you and your technological advancements have been overseen by a child who scores a tradition and this man who wants to be king who could not even keep his own father safe. Huh? We will not have it. I said we will
2: not have it. Oh.
1: I, M'Baku, leader of the Jabari tribe. with. I accept your challenge.
0: Hilarious. Hilarious. And if you've seen the movie, uh, you know the scene that he's talking about. And it's just M'Baku's a great character, super funny, love him. Uh, I also, the women in the movie are amazing. Uh, the Dora Milaje are obvious, um, with Akoya as their leader. Um, Angela Bassett as the queen mother is amazing. Uh, Nakia, the love interest of T'Challa. Um, and at the same time, she is sort of sympathetic towards the the kind of position or the kind of perspective that Killmonger is coming from. I mean, it's in a way, um, she represents the same thing that there are people outside of the country who could be helped by the resources of Wakanda. And her idea and desire is to be there to fight that, 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 that fight to help those people who are out there from a, 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 a social perspective of providing um, support and help to those who need it outside of the country. And it's interesting that had there not been a Killmonger, T'Challa may have still been pulled to that side, albeit more slowly by Nakia. So it's it's awesome to just have black women portrayed in such various ways that that are strong that are powerful that are thoughtful um and impactful uh and it's because for me like i you know i don't talk about this a ton because i don't know i just it, i think it's it can, people can get it wrong where i'm coming from but i just feel like there's so many celebrated parts of our culture um where the black women who are often elevated are elevated because of their sexuality. Or in ways that some call empowerment, like you know their their ability to do what they want to do, whether it's sexual or whatever way, and 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 then it's called empowerment. But then there are men and women who act in misogynistic ways towards those women, um, and they're surprised when that happens. But the the, the types of women who are elevated, oftentimes are ones who put themselves in position that their value is their sexuality or, you know, and not much more in my opinion. And now there are other things that they produce as a result of, of capitalizing on that fame, which is awesome. But the, the genesis of it is not their, their strength as a woman or their acumen it's their sexuality. And I just, I don't know. I just, I just really, uh, appreciate that in this case, You know, because, you know, women are free to represent themselves however they want to, to do whatever they will. It's all good. I just think the way that Black Panther did it, it just leaves no doubt that these women were beautiful in their femininity. They're bad like Michael in their particular roles, whether it's smart scientists like Shuri, Shuri. Uh, whether it's a warrior or a spy like Nakia, or a social justice warrior, or a queen to be that she is, or the queen mother, whatever case it is, uh, the door just being warriors, you know, it's it's a way that they're represented. It just leaves no doubt that the value these women bring to the world is in their strength and in their and the power of the individual roles. That if a man were doing the same thing, would be given the same respect. I think it's also really cool that this is inspiring people in multiple, multiple ways. One of the coolest ways is how there are, there was the thing called the black Panther challenge where one guy was trying to raise enough money to take some kids out from a boys and girls club to see uh, the black Panther movie in a theater. I believe it was in New York. Um, But he was able to inspire people across the country Uh, to to raise all sorts of money. Like he was trying to raise $10,000 and he ended up raising $40,000. And then he went on Ellen and Ellen gave him like the 40 something thousand dollars back and then paid for the movies herself and then helped him inspire fundraisers all all across the country where hundreds of thousands of dollars was raised to send hundreds and hundreds of kids to see these movies in uh, multiple multiple cities across the country to inspire these young folks, uh, to be able to see uh, examples of themselves. But what I think sometimes is a miss too, is that it's also showing examples of what can be produced. Cause it's not just what's on screen, but to produce what's off screen is also an inspiration. It's an inspiration that, uh, that, that young people of color can follow, which again, is the point of this podcast. It's a live action example of what can be accomplished by people of color if they just work hard at their craft, which Ryan Coogler and all these actors have done for such a long time. Next, I just kind of want to talk about some things that I've been thinking about with respect to the movie. Um, and they're mixed with some ideas that I've had over time that the movie sort of sparked. I had heard of Ryan Coogler, but I didn't really know who he was. Um, I I had heard that he did Fruitvale Station. I haven't seen that because, I don't know, it's just sometimes it's hard to watch. In this case, it's a young kid who got killed uh, by some cops in a train station in Oakland. And Ryan Coogler is from Oakland, California. So the first critically acclaimed movie that he produced and won a lot of awards for in, uh, the film show, uh, seasons that existed at that time, like can film, the festival seasons at that time was Fruitvale Station. He, he made that movie. It was real, critically well acclaimed. He also did, um, the Rocky movie, uh, the reboot with, uh, Michael B. Jordan. Um, so I watched that movie. I thought it was awesome. Uh, or it's called Creed and I believe there's gonna be another one that's coming out awesome movie. Well, very well done. I didn't know he did that movie actually um until I started researching Black Panther, but that was a movie that's really well done. And he he made this movie as well which was incredible. I mean, it's incredible. And here's something that I thought that kind of gave me pause. Ryan Kugler sounds like a person from California and like from a let's say urban part of California, whereas a lot of black folks is where he's from. His accent is that way. If you ever heard him speak, he just that like, and you from California, he sounds more Northern California, obviously, but he sounds very Californian and like black kind of inner city Californian. And I, a problem I have is that I remember watching this, uh, um, like a, one of those ABC news shows, like the morning news shows on Sundays. And I heard this uh, senator from, it was like Alabama or Mississippi or something like that. He had this real country, Southern boy sounding voice. And when you hear that from a white person, it's like, that's a Southern gentleman or like a surfer dude that talks in that kind of a surfer voice. It's like, oh, he's like a surfer, hipster kind of guy. And that's the only characterization that's made of it. But when a black person tends to talk Um, With those kind of accents and using slang and 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 uh, and talks with, you know, a vernacular and and an accent from those different parts of the country where predominantly black folks would be, whether it's, you know, an inner city urban type place or it's in the country, they get characterized as not being intelligent. And I think that's one of those differences that when people think about some of the structural issues that exist in the world that's one of those things that's subtle, but even I'm affected by it. You know, Um I, I think that sometimes and wrongly. So, uh, but I, I just, I think hearing him talk, that was my first thought. Like, you know, this guy doesn't sound like a typical director, not that he can't be, um, but it's just that thought of, again, when you th- hear a certain accent from a white person, that's one way. When you hear some accent from a black person, it's a different way when there could be from similar types of areas. So I just thought it's all wrong. You know, these are the kinds of things that help my show and shows like it um, can start to repudiate that not just that we have to adapt to speak the King's English, so to speak, but that no matter how somebody sounds like, I sound like this probably because my parents are immigrants from Uganda. Uh, I, I grew up in Texas my whole life. A lot of my friends have very Southern Texas accents who grew up here. I don't because that's not what I heard in the home. Um, but uh, for for Coogler, it's a different deal. Uh, he he's has to be an intelligent guy. To make the movies he made, first of all, it takes it takes a, a level of skill that I can't even comprehend because I worked with the nonprofit organization I work with P4CM. We would put together productions. We would make you know short um, mini series. You can see them on our YouTube channel. Uh, we would make longer form shows, and you got to think through all the aspects of it: the budget, the cast, the the production staff, all that stuff. And and he's doing it on a level of a two hundred million dollar budget is what this movie was budgeted for. Now, some of that goes towards marketing and that type of stuff, but a huge chunk of it is his responsibility. And for him to pull it off in such an amazing, excellent way, it takes, man, as, as the director, it takes an extraordinary amount of skill, wisdom, trust, teamwork, leadership, uh, vision, uh, self-confidence, all of that to put it together. And and, and sometimes we could separate that from just how a person sounds. And I, and I think that's, I'm bringing this out to kind of say, hey, let's let's change our mind around how we discuss and talk about how somebody sounds. And it came up recently in the news with Laura Ingram was talking about some stuff that uh, LeBron James and Kevin Durant had said in a podcast of theirs. And regardless of your political stance, she could have easily disagreed just with what they were saying and their, their, interpretation or their feelings about the president but she went on to, to critique them about their grammar and the way that they sounded. It just it's, it's incredible to me that that a personal attack was made on her by her on these these young men ignoring the fact that they both are multi multi-millionaires when very many athletes no matter how successful they are no matter what background they come from it's a, it's a 30 for 30 uh show called broke the show's plenty of athletes that made hundreds of millions of dollars and are dead broke. But these men have turned what they've got into phenomenal business um, enterprises. And so to just come at them because they disagree politically, uh, come at them personally, is that same thing of judging them by how they sound and what they say, as opposed to what's inside of their head beyond their speech. Um, and so another thing I thought about is I'm from Uganda, as you know, and so actually spoke to one of my cousins who uh lives in uh new zealand but grew up in the uk and we talked about a bunch of the movie and one of the things that stood out is the accents so this may be like a critique of the movie potentially uh because the accents were sort of all over the place like different people from one country had accents that existed from different parts of the continent of africa and uh, it's funny how uh I heard some people walk out saying, "Oh, yeah, they held the accents really well." And I think, you know, from one perspective, maybe they did. But from my perspective, they were kind of coming and going. But you know, I was like, this is a movie," you know. So I'm not gonna. I would let that. I would let that go, you know. And the cultures uh, were also mixed together. So there's was like, uh, whether it's the Eastern African, like from where I'm from, or the uh, some of the northwestern. Uh, uh, Countries like the Ghanaians and those down to some in the South Africa uh, portion, which is the the language they spoke, they chose to sp- speak Kosa, which is uh, a South African language that they use as the language of Wakanda. So there's just a mismatch of cultures, uh, which could bother some, and and can for people from Africa they'll they'll probably notice. But again, it's like the other side of it is. I did see people from Africa who said it's awesome that they represented so many multiple cultures and and from a historically accurate way, whether it was the color of the clothing, the architecture, the artwork. Uh, So that's the other side of it, that while it was a mix up, a mix together, you know, I I think uh, another perspective, which is valid is that, hey, it represented a lot of different countries as opposed to, you know, some people say it's just a generic African thing that was mixed. I think that's going too far. Uh, I, I, I liked it. I like the thought they put into it. I like the work they put into it into being really particular about representing multiple different cultures in the movie and it being from Africa because sometimes there's the representation of Africa is, is just so limited. And, and I think they did a good job of being diverse with respect to how they uh, represented uh, different cultures. There are also some issues that exist uh, just as a result of like, for me being a person from Africa, it's cool to see a place and imagine what it would have been like in a place like Wakanda that was never culturalized, uh, colonized. And now they also had vibranium, which helped a lot. Uh, but Uganda is was a protectorate, then colonized for a period of time, and it suffered a lot from its colonial past, I think. I wonder often, actually, since I was a kid, I wonder what would you gotten have been like if it was never colonized, if it was never, you know, and many people see the benevolence of some of the European countries that came and colonized sub-Saharan African countries, but, I, you know, I don't know, I think in many ways it stunted the growth of the countries had they honored the cultures that existed there instead of pitted them against one another often or just completely destroyed them in some cases and and and, and undermine the cultures of the existing countries, that'd be a different thing. But many, many, many countries, their history was uh, infused with some of these European themes that just didn't fit in the continent in their country. Some of them weren't even countries that, you know, they had countries lines drawn that that cut you know tribes in half or or, or peoples or or uh, groups of people in in half arbitrarily um, and i think uganda like many other african countries has deserves a chance to mature like european countries did if you went back to 1500 AD in Europe, you'd see a pretty chaotic place, small uh, tribal regions, a lot of warring factions between those backwards countries, low technology. And they had to mature and grow just like the African countries need to mature and grow. Uh, I think the growth was stunted by Europe. And the difference is that now it's all on social media or on the 24 hour news cycle. We just see it. But when you look at a place like Westeros, I know it's fictional, but on the Game of Thrones, it's sort of a depiction of, you know, the 1500s in Europe where they're just all these different warring tribes. And and it was, you know, it was treacherous. It was bloody. It was nasty. It was backwards relative to what we would call things being today. And they had to grow. The same thing is true in Africa. And I wonder if Africa had its own chance to grow or in time, as it does grow over these coming years, uh, what it would be like. Uh, could it grow into something as enlightened of a place as exists in Wakanda? Um, I, I hope to see it. I, I'm, we're watching it grow now. There are many, many uh, of the diaspora, like myself, um, who are establishing themselves in the States. And then have plans to go back to Africa and grow something there. I was talking to my cousin about some plans she has to do some things back in Uganda. And I wonder if I left the movie thinking that many people like me have to be inspired that there's something we can do if there's a collaboration between uh, those of us who are, whether it's in Europe and the UK or in America or Canada. That if we go back to to Africa to the continent, what we could do to help it grow, and to how together we can help so there be some development of people of color uh, across the world. Um, there are some critiques of the movie. Uh, for me, from a technical perspective, you know, just the the CG in some places, like when they had the fight on the train at the end, um, it wasn't great. Could have been better. It kind of reminded me what it looked like in I think the second or third. Uh, Matrix. It just just didn't look real. So, but I'm nitpicking. I mean, I, you know, there are also some dark scenes, which during some of the fight scenes, it made it hard to actually see the fight scenes. And I thought like, when you think of a movie like, uh, you know, some of the, the, the Jackie Chan movies or, uh, you know, some of those types of movies like that. The 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 fight scenes are crisp and clear and you could kind of see what's happening. The angles that they're coming from are such that you could see the fighting that's going on. And I felt like the camera was sometimes moving so much that, you know, it's hard to see that Uh, could just be me or I could just be a movie nerd because a lot of people like the fight scenes. Uh, Like I mentioned before, the accents were they were all right. You know, they weren't terrible. I grew up with a household where you had these things all the time. So, when you had different people from different parts of the continent mixing the accents, you wonder, hey, where are they from? Are they from Ethiopia? Are they from Uganda? Are they from uh, South Africa? Are they from Nigeria? Where are they from? You know, they're from everywhere all of the time. And sometimes they switch places where they are coming from. So, you wonder, what kind of accents do they have? But they did a very good job trying very hard. They had a good accent coordinator. And I appreciate them trying. So I'm just again picking small needs here. So I, I must be a, an a uh, complete review. So I'm telling these these things. Uh, and I, I think that was it. You know, I thought that was uh, that was pretty cool. And then that's the other part is like there were some critiques of the critiques. Like before the movie, I remember a big video was like the first critique of the Black Panther, and the movie hadn't even come out yet. But there's also this piece where you know people are mad because people say bad things about the movie. Now I know it's like, you know, in some ways, and I've seen this mentioned before, some ways it's kind of like the Obama presidency where you feel like it's the, one of the first, it's not the first, but it's one of the first sort of mega hits for an all black cast. There was obviously uh, coming to America was, I thought a really good. And Eddie Murphy was like Vanguard, man. When you think back to some of the movies he put out, but, in modern times, it's the first mega, mega superhero movie with an all-black cast. There was Blade, which had a black lead, uh, but this all-black cast is a big thing. So you're like, don't nobody but bad about my baby, you know, which I get. I understand that. At the same time, I let people, you know, if they don't like it, they don't like it. It's all good. Everybody doesn't have to like everything, and that's okay. Um, I think there were a couple of categories of critics that I thought were kind of harsh, though, like unnecessarily so there are some uh white conservative critics it's just I, I i i don't i honestly don't get the motivation of being mad that there's something that's all black and black people make a big deal out of it uh i just i don't get the frustration around that uh And I would put this in the category of, you know, I would say crazy, but maybe that's too harsh. So let me instead say super extreme uh, that there's too much hype. They don't get why it's a big deal for black people. There was even one guy, uh, Ben Shapiro, who maybe I shouldn't even be, you know, I shouldn't feed the trolls, but I'm going to say it because I think think he actually represents a popular opinion uh, that people have that mockingly talked about this being a, a, a too big of a deal. And here's what he
2: said. It is so deeply important. It is, uh, we, we've heard it's deeply important to millions of black Americans, who after all were not liberated from slavery 200 years ago and liberated by the civil rights movement uh, with federal legislation have not been gradually restored to what sh- always should have been full civil rights in the United States. I mean, none of that has mattered up till they made a Marvel movie about a superhero who is black in a country filled with black people. That is the real, that's the change, right? Blade was not enough. Catwoman with Halle Berry, no. Okay, Wakanda is where it is. This is the most important moment in black American history. Not Martin Luther King, not Frederick Douglass, not the Civil War, not the end of Jim Crow, none of that. Not Brown versus Board. The most important thing is that Chadwick Boseman puts claws on his hands and a mask on his face and runs around jumping off cars in CGI fashion. Deeply, deeply important. Black children everywhere will now believe that they too can be superheroes who jump off cars in fictional countries. It's very important. Now, you may sense that I'm mocking a little bit. The reason I'm mocking a little bit is because I hate this kind of identity politics. I think it's incredibly stupid.
0: So I I just, and he goes on for a while, like almost 15 minutes saying a thing similar to this. And I I just, I feel like this is in that category of willful ignorance and misunderstanding of the reality. It just takes a little bit of questioning and a tiny bit of empathy to get the hype. It's not all that confusing. I mean, you know, of course, people who are, let's say white people who don't get worked up about the next Avengers movie because every movie that comes out, I mean, just look at the roster of Movies nominated for the Oscars, the the huge majority of them have, uh, predominantly white casts, and that's not a bad thing. Uh, there's some awesome movies that are out there, um, but whenever there's one that's just so completely other, so completely other, um, and and the dude mentioned the movies he mentioned Blade. Halle Berry as Catwoman and something else he said but for those to be just a few that he mentioned man those movies are back like in the early 90s the fact that he's saying those movies from the 90s and it's 2018 you would think at least that would signify hey there's a kind of a gap here in terms of representation on the big screen in a way that's impressive and and huge and I just I just I, I I wish more of these folks would have a make an effort to try and understand and have a conversation. I think a lot of the his blood pressure might be lower, although maybe he gets off on this kind of thing. And um, I'm sure he's a perfectly nice guy. I just I just think it represents a, a willful ignorance that when we can talk about these things, we can understand each other better. That's you know, that's all. Um, And you can see why it's such a big deal for for black folks to have something like this. The same reason that uh, I believe it's Coco now was such a big hit. Why Moana was such a big hit for the Pacific Islanders. Uh, Does it correct everything that happened in history? No. Is it bigger than all the other things that happened that are powerful? No. But it's just a way that that there's representation for folks in a way that's, that's powerful. A lot of folks, you know, are inspired by what they see in the movies, and like I said, it's not just what's on the screen, but what's behind the scenes that's a major story too. Um, there's also some uh, another category of critics that who are black critics who think that the movie is anti-black American, which this one is a little bit more um, understandable of a critique, although in my opinion, it's a bit uh, it's a bit myopic. In my opinion. Um, I I think it misunderstands To a certain degree The Like I I think it doesn't go into all the details Although I can get why it would say this Here's what one guy said about About uh, the movie
1: Shout out to The fact that some of the Black women I've seen on social media They feel that they can see Some relatable Things in some of the Black women in black panther i don't know how i don't see how because there's not a single wakandan woman that i saw that honestly would have a conversation with the black american woman i I didn't see one you got to remember how did they treat the most identifiable african-american character in the movie they othered him throughout the whole movie they othered him throughout the whole movie. So how can you see yourself in a Shuri? How can you see yourself in a, a Okoye? And a little sneak dissing in the weaves and stuff like that, where you know a lot of African American women wear, you know, weaves. I don't. I don't see those two characters sitting there coming to the barbecue, chilling with African Americans. They're not coming to the cookout. Ain't nobody from Wakanda coming to the cookout. Let's just be honest. If you are an African American, you identify with Killmonger. You know? And Killmonger probably identifies with you. And he does identify with you.
0: So, I this, um, this actually, it, while I don't think the movie was anti-Black American, I don't think millions of people who saw it Felt that way, but when I read through the comments on his video and a couple of others, there were a lot of people who did have that feeling. And you can see that some of them have their pictures that I imagine are their pictures. I've seen some other videos that have they'd express similar sentiments. So it's not an insignificant number of people who um, believe that that in many ways there's this anti-black uh, American twist to the movie. One of the things that it does raise up is. It is a reflection. I think this was a part of the story that Ryan Cooler was trying to tell that exposes this reality of black Africans versus Black Americans. Personally, I have experienced it. There are many ways in which um my parents, uh, in some cases, and in a lot of a lot of Ugandan parents who I knew growing up wanted their kids to marry other Ugandan Kids, uh, because the cultural because they look down on Black American culture. Not necessarily my parents, um, but I do know many uh, other uh, folks who are like that. I know there's this strife that exists, um, and there's some hate going another direction. When I grew up, there was a, there are ways in which um, Black Americans made people who are from Africa, like me growing up, feel like, you know, we had two heads or a third eye coming out of the middle of our forehead. Um, because we were we were othered, you know, we weren't like them. Although we didn't fit in with whites, like me, I'm super dark, you know, didn't fit in. Uh, didn't fit in with the black Americans either, or they didn't let me feel that way because you have parents who who are a little bit different and um and so there's this strife that exists that is exposed that um that uh, is expressed by another young lady who I heard a review from as well as um the the cool thing about it though is I think it helped to kind of bridge that gap it helped to show that now there's a cross-generational thing that's happening. When you combine the the fact that there're different generations so like me, I'm representative of of a generation of people who are from Africa but grew up most of their lives not in Africa and were socialized in many ways not in Africa uh and as a result I'm I have a foot in two worlds. So I have empathy for Black Americans I have extreme empathy as well for uh, people from Africa, just that being in my blood. And so now we're trying to figure out how to bridge the gap. This is a young woman who spoke to that both sides of that. I think really, really well.
3: And I was made fun of for being African. And like I know this is like a taboo that nobody likes to speak about, but I was made fun of for being African. You know, I heard the click noises. The oh, how do you speak African? Is it like this? You know, I've, I've, I've heard it all, okay? And you know, like, my, my Nigerian name and my last name, you know, those were two things that I got made fun of for a lot. So, to see somebody, a hero, on the big screen, who everybody's praising, whose name is T'Challa? In the Dora Milaje, like, Okoye? Like, to hear T'Challa and names like Okoye and M'Baku on the big screen. And it's cool now, people are praising these characters and say their names like they're normal, like it's all good. My heart is so full, you guys, like seriously. I couldn't be happier about it, okay? There's no like, there's no me saying, oh, whatever, I couldn't be happier to just see a character like this blow up so much. Like this is a superhero from Africa and it's what everybody's talking about right now. It's the biggest thing right now. This is really the stuff that I needed when I was growing up. Like, I'm getting like almost emotional and I'm trying not to because crying on camera is like a no-no and I just fixed my face after looking crusty all day. It's just really, really cool. Um, I'm trying not to cry. I just... Okay. I need to calm down. I need to chill. <laughs> this is gross. I'm crying.
0: <laughs> so, there's a way in which... You see, there is this past of uh, a difference, or uh, maybe even a conflict between Black Americans and Black Africans that is exposed by the movie. Now, you could see it and take that to mean that Black Africans are against Black Americans because they saw Killmonger come in and, and ended up, you know, fighting him and killing him. But what I think is missed is half of the people from Wakanda decided to fight with Killmonger against the people who were against the Dora Milaje and ultimately Mbaku's people uh to 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 push them back but they fought against them to pro- to progress the idea that Killmonger had in terms of the way he wanted to lead the country so to say they othered him i think is not accurate and then the end of the movie all throughout you see uh Killmonger's influence causing T'Challa to think what happened to him wasn't right. What happened to him, what his father did, which is sort of a, uh, a representation of the old, old guard wasn't right. And T'Challa wanted to do what he could to make it right to the point that in the end, he offered an opportunity to, uh, to be able to, to, to be healed because they have that technology and to live with them together. Um, you know, and, and although he didn't take it, the point is, is that it, it wasn't this place where he came. They hated him. The dude came to try to take over the country, so of course they're going to defend themselves. But some of them joined with him to to progress his ideas, and and some fought against it. And so I, I at the and at the same time, I think the movie overall did like what this young lady said, um, on Pretty Brown and Nerdy. It it, it did it it had the impact of, I think, bringing many, many cultures together. I don't think this was identity politics. I don't think the movie was. Um, I was personally leery about getting preached to a little bit but did not feel that way at all. I think it was elegantly put together in a way that exposed stories and sparks conversation that can be long-lasting. I believe it's a reflection of what's happening in many parts of our culture. Done really well to be fit all into a two hour and 20 minute movie. It's not propaganda. Um, There are folks who are latching onto it and making their own story out of it. I think in many ways it's a Rorschach test. It says more about the person who's making the interpretation than it does about the film itself um, in some cases. And it's too bad that it just made people super mad. Um, I don't totally understand that, you know. I, I, why not just dismiss it? At least a movie I could get, if this was some real thing, like a rally, you know, or something, you know, something. Um, but it's like, like 50 shades of gray, huge phenomenon. Movie was everywhere, talked about all over the place. And, and it put some pretty sexual intense stuff out there, BDSM and whatnot. I'm not into all that. And wouldn't watch the movie and you know and wouldn't pay any attention to it. But I'm just dismissing it, you know. I'm not mad about it. I, although I could not help hearing about it, and I think they're on the third sequel, second or third sequel, and I'm not gonna hate the people who go see it. You know? Folks who go through that much uh to take a fictitious film and dog it that bad. Or malign the people who, who saw it and watched it and liked it, they're telling on themselves more than they're um, talking about the people who saw it. I think it says something about them. It also, unfortunately, says something about the society that we currently live in that that's the discourse, you know? I, like, I, I get being, like, I do think the movie has the potential to hit some nerves. So I get that. My point is just can't we just talk about it? Like, and I think that's indicative of our society in general. There's so many issues that we all get on our side of the fence. And, you know, you get on your side, I get on my side and let's commence fire. We'll talk past each other, say words that are our thoughts, not listen to well. And when we could otherwise have real conversations and be moved to a place of understanding. That doesn't mean you have to agree with me. I mean, my wife and I don't agree on every single thing. And sometimes we have difficult conversations, but the idea is, if we can, if we can at least talk about it, we can understand each other better and operate and live together better amongst one another. And I think that's there's an opportunity here for that to happen that that could be being missed in some cases, and it's being taken up in other places. And I hope I hope that it does. I think uh, it also honestly applies to anybody who calls just any criticism of the movie at all racist. Not all criticism is racist. Some of it is. Um, some of it is coming from a biased place. Uh, but you know what? Some people may not like the movie and it may rub them the wrong way. And it's okay to say that. Even the people who say that this is like an anti-African American movie, you know, or black American movie. I get that, you know, I get that. I want to understand it. I'd like to understand it so that, you know, we could dialogue about it. Um, but they 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 may like the movie and have some issues. They may just hate the movie. It's all good, you know. What I hope for again is dialogue, um, and this show hopefully is is part of that. Because there are so many issues that can be discussed at such a deep level to to raise consciousness about certain issues and to raise awareness and to grow from these issues. Uh, the last episode I had Ed on the show. And he talked about the Western canon, forming his mindset and thought around um, different things that he's he's dealing with and working with and and, and the way that he operates in the context of Western society. I asked him about what movies like this have to say about culture in general. And, And I think things like this are in the realm of our Shakespeare. You know, some people may say, oh, TQ, man, now you're getting really crazy a Marvel movie, a comic book is in the same level as Shakespeare. I think social commentary comes in different forms. There are people who in his time, I'm sure would have thought that Shakespeare was frivolous and mindless entertainment. Um, but looking back on and decades later, understand that there were a message being delivered there that were helping to elevate society. And I do believe that was done in this case, whether you agree with the the conclusions or not, it sparks thoughts And it reveals uh, the perspective of things that you may not have thought of before in ways that I think are intelligent and deep. Where can we go from here? Um, Well, I think the end of the movie is a place that sparked so many things in me. I am African and I am American. So I was kind of conflicted with the Killmonger character and what happened to him at the end. So... He gets stabbed by T'Challa. T'Challa, you know, wins the their final battle, and he's gonna die. And I hoped that he would let them that they were gonna heal him. He'll let them heal him, and they could team up and, and kill would provide the fire in the discussion, while uh, T'Challa would provide sort of the 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 the, the, the brakes, pump the brakes, the guidance and the wisdom and the and the the the, the, the diplomacy to execute some of the actions and this is kind of like in the past, people often have pitted Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X against one each other as these lifelong adversaries. And then they superimpose that reality on this these two characters, on T'Challa and Killmonger. And the, the truth is at the end of their lives, uh, the, these two men were, trying to speak to one another, Malcolm X, that is, and MLK, to be able to speak about how they could do things together, how they could work with one another, and how some of their ideas were not so conflicting towards the end of their lives. And it's unfortunate, but the assassinations of both those men stopped that. What I hope is that Killmonger and T'Challa could work together to advance the causes that that Killmonger already was at and that T'Challa was coming around to. Um, it's unfortunate that in the context of the story it seemed like there was just so much pain and hatred that Killmonger had wrapped up inside of him that it just ultimately he didn't want to he all he could see was a future either in chains or in charge and he chose to be if he couldn't be uh, either in charge he didn't want to be in chains there were other options but uh, but then we got the chance to explore them and he ended up dying. I hope he comes back in other movies in a in a way that's positive. That would be cool. But in any case, the positive parts of that story of the two of them coming to some place of understanding of one another. I hope that can inspire some collaboration in the United States it could inspire some collaboration between the US and countries in Africa it could inspire collaboration in countries across Africa which I do believe is happening a lot of the African Union discussions I think are growing there are a number of countries that are are joining and and elevating where they are because of it and I I hope this movie can be a step in doing that Um, it's another piece in a, a, a wide swath of discussion that's going on and things like this podcast and and other podcasts that I've mentioned to you before that allows for a growth and development of people across the way so that we could elevate. And I think it's to everyone's benefit. In some ways there's going to be a sense in which power increase for one group means less power for another group. And that's true to some degree. At the same time, it's not a zero sum game. If Africa is a stronger continent, if it's people are stronger that's just better they can they can be more financially vibrant and healthy which means more opportunity for everyone so i I just i just hope that's an inspiration for many others um i i just love the movie i enjoyed it very well i'd love to hear what your thoughts were whether it's on social media or the comments here or or wherever the case may be um, or reach out to me on the website but hopefully enjoyed the discussion if you haven't seen the movie please see it soon Wakanda and Uganda together forever Wakanda forever please check it out I'm TQ I enjoy being with you that's the break in the glass show thanks see you next time